For two decades, Van Halen has been a rock and roll institution. With over 60 million records sold worldwide, the band is an American legend. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Cooney. Now, crank it up. We was broken hungry on a summer day. They sent the sheriff down to try and drive us away. We was sitting ducks for the policeman. They found a dirty faced kid in a garbage can. <laughs> I'm alone, I'm on my way So Pooney, the year all culminates with this, the last episode of the year for Grown Up Rock, and it's kind of a bittersweet end to our Van Halen series, a year that was Shit, this whole year we've done nothing but review Van Halen albums every month, and it's been awesome. We've had all kinds of cool guests on, and so it all comes down to this. Last week we did the A Different Kind of Truth episode with our friend Phil Schaus, and this week we're going to rank all the Van Halen episodes. A lot of the guests took part in this album ranking, as well as, I think, some of the listeners. Of course, we had to bring along one more special guest. I got to tell the story here. So we've got our friend Steve Wright from the Potter and Hell podcast. Wrighty, what's going on? Nothing. How are you guys doing? I love you, Wrighty. We didn't mean to screw you. It wasn't my fault. But the fault lies in all of you. You who bought that $300,000 house when you only had 20000 to put down. You who bought that third car even though only two people in your home drive. It is time to stop pointing fingers. Finger pointing gets us nowhere, Steve. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it happens. It was my fault. Let me explain the story to the listeners. So when we first started out on this Van Halen album review thing way back in December of last year, we said, okay, 12 studio albums. We'll do one album a month. We'll get a special guest. And then at the end of the year, we'll do an album ranking. It'll be awesome. What guests do we want to get to do each album. So I put out there to a lot of different people, hey, what album would you want to review? 
and got back all kinds of things. One of the guests that I had in mind from the get-go was author Greg Grenoff, who, if you go back in the series, did the Diver Down album with us. I started putting names on paper. I started putting names next to albums. And myself and Sonny and, and Righty, we talk all the time. We just were regular texters. We are, we're on text strands. We shoot the shit pretty much daily, if not every other day. And so Steve, in one of those things, said, hey, I'd love to do Diver Down. And it was in passing, and I'm old. And so if I don't have it in front of me, then I don't think about it. I said, okay, great. When it gets closer and we get this thing all kind of squared away, we'll do it. Well, what happened? It went by the wayside. I forgot it. His name didn't make the list. It came time to do the album. And he said, all right, well, I'm ready for this. And I was like, oh, shit. I completely forgot it. I vaguely remember the conversation, and that's about it. So basically, that's my fault. That's my bad. I'll take the beating for that. So this is my consolation episode. This is your consolation episode. This is the I feel bad. Let me get righty in on the final episode of the year and the final Van Halen episode of the series. And so righty, better late than never, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad I'm I'm here. And actually, it works out better for me because now I can comment on all the albums. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fun to go through these records and rank them. I've seen some of the rankings out there, and it was pretty easy, actually, for me to actually throw mine down and rank them. So it wasn't that big of an issue. We'll get into all the album rankings, all 12 studio albums from Van Halen. But before we do that, you know, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from a band called The Jokers. I don't know anything about this band. Somebody sent me the promo. I looked them up. They're from England. They were formed in 2006. The band consists of Wayne Parry on vocals, Paul Hurst on guitar and vocals, Paul Brought on drums, and Tom Crane on bass. They've actually got a few albums out there on Spotify. I went and checked out some of it. I liked what I heard. This song you'll see is very much in the vein of ACDC. So it's right in my bang zone of rock and roll. Check it out. Here's a song from their upcoming album called Rock and Roll Bones. And the song is the title track called Rock and Roll Bones.
So just like you said, very ACDC. The song was okay. The best thing about this band is actually their album art, dude. Their album art's pretty cool. That album cover's super cool. I, I dig that album cover quite a bit. Righty, did you get a chance to check this out? Yeah, I did. Uh, Sonny, you were absolutely correct. I did enjoy the cover art better than the song. It's good. It's just, I don't know, very run-of-the-mill. Like, there's 20 bands doing the same exact thing right now. It was good, but it didn't really wow me. Not bad, though. You know, I always am impressed when people from the rock and roll genre that like the music we like, say, very run-of-the-mill. Most of the shit you listen to, Righty, is run-of-the-mill. What does that mean? Do you like the song or don't you? I will probably <laughs> never listen to it again. It just didn't, it, it didn't catch me. It, it didn't. It's uh, and, and you're right about the run of the mill, but like on the lower side of run of the mill for me. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, nothing was super bad about it. Nothing it's just, stood out. Yeah, yeah. The vocal was okay. The music was okay. The groove was okay. Like I was kind of waiting for something to kind of hook me and it just didn't. Grown up rock listeners, you decide the crank it up new music spotlight, the Joker's rock and roll bones. What'd you think about it? Comment in the comment section on the Loud Minority Facebook group. Let us know what you think about it. The new album has 14 tracks and is coming once again is called Rock and Roll Bones from the Jokers, not just Jokers, the Jokers. And now Mart is pretty damn cool. So check it out. And just remember, you can't spell Jokers without an O and a K. It was just OK. <laughs> Absolutely. please make sure you subscribe to our podcast growing up rock and leave us a review on itunes give us a like and leave us a comment on facebook at growing up rock and that brings us to tonight's episode talk about a dynamic introduction what a segue (laughs) pony what do you got for us tonight okay so after spending all year taking one album a month and really deep diving each Van Halen album. We not only had all the folks that join us do their own album rankings, but you know, Steven and I also did an album ranking and we had a few other people join in to do some album rankings also. And then I did my mathematician stuff and averaged all of them out. We have a specific one through 12. So figured that, uh, you know, we'll just kind of cover the results, get uh, righty's take on some of these albums and kind of look at these numbers and, See if people were dead on. So we will start with the worst ranked album out of the 12, which everybody who filled out the ranking, all but two, had this dead last. BB, for some reason, had it near yep. the road. And Tone thinks there's actually an album worse than this one. And that mm-hmm. is VH3 coming in at the rock bottom. Righty, you had him at 12. All three of us did. I'm assuming you are not in love with this album. No, just listen to that episode actually the other day when it came out. You guys are, I've always told you, you guys are my Sunday morning listen, except when Steven forgets to post it. <laughs> I, you know, I got to throw that in there. But one time, it is more of a an Ed Van Halen solo project. And in my mind, the way that it comes out, like Michael Anthony plays bass on only a couple songs, and it didn't have a band feel to it. I think if they um, went out and maybe toured, had some shows under their belt, and were a little more you know, familiar with each other, their styles and everything. I think the album could have been fantastic. And Sonny, you were absolutely correct saying that, thank God this wasn't the next extreme album because that would have been very bad. But I do have to say, uh, you guys didn't actually mention it in your episode. The solo in the one I want is one of my absolute all time favorite Eddie Van Halen solos. It is fantastic. Fantastic. 
other than that, the album is less than meh for me. Yeah, and Steven, it's not, you know, we've talked about it. It's not Gary's fault. This is Gary just, oh, I'm in Van Halen. This is wonderful, mm-hmm. right? But it's not a great album. Steven, there's no way you listen to this album all the way through on your own with no reason to do so. <laughs> Only for the uh, deep dive review. That was pretty much it. I didn't even have this Van Halen album. It was the only thing that I was missing from my library and my catalog till you gave it to me. You're the one that gave me the disc for this. And uh, you know what? It, I mean, we said it on the episode. It's a Van Halen. It's a Edward Van Halen solo album. It lacks a producer that is able to tell Ed no. It lacks, I don't know, it's just, it's chaotic. It, I, don't, I don't like it. There's a handful of good ideas. There's a couple of things that I do like, but the majority of it I don't like. And it really does have nothing to do with Gary Sharon. And it's way too long. Way too long. Out of all the album reviews that we did, and I said, you know, Van Halen 3, was the one pretty much hands down that most of the people said that's the worst Van Halen record. But out of all the records that we did, this is the one record where I thought the conversation was interesting because everybody didn't just go, well, Van Halen won. That's awesome. Of course it's awesome. Look at the songs on it. But Van Halen three, nobody liked. And we had Eric Miller on and, you know, he had some different thoughts on different things. I just thought maybe the conversation was a little bit more intriguing for a record like that than maybe some of the other Van Halen records. So there was only two albums that all three of us agreed on the rankings. That was one of them. At number 11. So we did not agree on the rankings on this one. And you will be surprised to know what is number 11 because most people would say, oh, most likely it's OU812. It was not. Balance actually came in at number 11. A lot of people had it at number 11. Jay from the Hook Rocks had it at number six. I had it at eight. Righty and Steven both had it at 11. Righty, come on. This doesn't deserve 11. There's worse albums than Balance. Yeah, Van Halen 3. (laughs) (laughs) Point blank. I I don't know. This this album, it never never caught me. There's a couple songs on there I like, but I don't know. Um, And Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do is is a fantastic song. I give that up every time, but it's like track seven. It's just not enough. <laughs> Steven, it's because of not enough that there's no way this would be number 11 for me. That's a great song. There's a lot of good stuff on balance. We had Brad Rustoven on this episode to go through the record. It's like almost a forgotten Van Halen record. It's the Van Halen record that not a lot of people talk about. Because if you think about it, everybody talks about Van Halen 3 because they all say it sucks. But nobody really mentions that much about balance. They mention all the rest of the Van Halen records. It's just kind of that forgotten Van Halen record. But I, I think it has a lot of good stuff on it. It's got a few crappy tunes on it as well. But, uh, you know. It's just not better than any of the rest of the Van Halen albums other than Van Halen 3, like Roddy said. Yeah, and, and you know, I think for me, too, it really fell into that spot there because it's probably the one besides Van Halen 3 that I've spent the least amount of time with as well. So, you know, maybe if I was more of a Van Halen Sammy guy, I would have maybe listened to it more. And I got it when it came out. I listened to it. It's like, yeah, okay. It was all right. But like I didn't spend as much time with it as I have. Even the other Hagar albums that I, I've listened to a lot more than this one, I think it's just time that I haven't spent with this one. That's why it fell where it did. 
So the only person who had it at number 12, by the way, was BB. He thought it was worse than VH3. Well, he saw several albums were worse than VH3. I mentioned BB because our 10th ranked album, he ranked number four. <laughs> I would say more than half of us had it in double digits, but he had it at number four, and that is OU812. All three of us had it ranked number 10. It's the last time the three of us agree. Righty, you got to do something about your boy. There is no way OU812 is the fourth best Van Halen album. You pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, giant, twerp, scumbag, fuck-faced, dickhead, asshole. God, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. He's a big Sammy guy. I know that. I, I give that out to him. But even just on production value alone, it's terrible. Hands down. You know, I don't mind it. It actually has probably my favorite Sammy Hagar Van Halen song on it, but that still doesn't move it up in the rankings for me. I absolutely love Black and Blue, but not enough to crank it up on this list. It's just, you know, I've, I've been trying to get him into rehab. He just won't go. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I can't help that. <laughs> And Steven, a 10 ranking on OU812 makes sense. There's some clunkers on that album. There's some clunkers. And like Wrighty said, the production alone warrants it. Drop in rankings. And God, BB, God bless him. Was that dude dropped on his head at some point in time? <laughs> BB, I love you, but there's no freaking way in hell that OU812 is a better album than the fuck record. You're freaking nuts. <laughs> All right, so number nine, this was the album that is a little bit all over the place. There's a couple of them like this. Nobody ranked it higher than six, but we had rankings all the way down to number 12. Tony was the only one that had it at number 12. And Righty ranked it number six. Steven ranked it nine, and I ranked it 11. So even between the three of us, we were all over the place. And that is a different kind of truth. And for me, Righty, before we ask you your thoughts, for me, it's just not that great of a record. Like, Ross sounds okay. The stuff sounds a little forced. It doesn't have the same groove for me. And I get it. I've probably spent the least amount of time with this record because it's the newest. But it just never grabbed me. And really, that first single turned me off completely. And I don't think I've recovered from that. Righty, there's no way you are a huge tattoo, tattoo, tattoo fan. That song is awesome. Oh, my God. I love that song. And, and it's funny because that's the song that VB busts me about all the time. I like it. Although I will say about this album, it could be cut down. It could be shorter. There's a couple songs I could have knocked off there, like Bullethead I could get rid of. Blood and Fire, ugh, Chinatown kind of. But like, if you knock off maybe three songs on this one, make it a 10-song album, I think it's way better. But the stuff that I like on there, I really like. Like, Stay Frosty's fantastic. I love Tattoo, like I just said. She's the Woman is absolutely fantastic. The Trouble with Never, absolutely fantastic. And I rank this higher because the songs that I love, I really love on this one. <laughs> Steven, I, I just, there are better albums. I'm sorry. I like this record a lot. And the reason that it's down in the rankings for me is because there are some of those songs that I think are they could just be lost off that record and it'd be okay. Let me just say this. Number one, 
I am absolutely okay with this being the last Van Halen record ever. I was just so happy that it wasn't Van Halen 3 that ended the catalog. I think Wrighty's got it ranked so high because he's a really a David Lee Roth loyalist. And that's fine, as am I. But there are a couple of Sammy records that I just enjoy more than this one. So that's why it's ranked a little bit lower for me than what Wrighty has. But I do like this record. I think there's a lot of great stuff on it. But yeah, it is a little bit too long. And yes, there are a couple tunes that it could lose, as I said, in the album review that we did with Phil Schaus. And if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out. It's a, it's a great uh, listen because we go pretty deep into it. Ranked at number eight. So not a single person that sent in their album rankings had this record double digits. Everybody had it at nine or above, all the way to number five, although it averaged out to number eight. And it's funny because Tony was on the show when we did the fuck record, which is at number eight. He kicked the shit out of it, but then he ranked it number five, (laughs) just like I did. He must really hate the other stuff. I guess. Well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. But righty, both you and Steven had the fuck record at seven. I'm assuming this has a little bit to do with Sammy, there's some great songs, but you can't get over the Sammy shit. I think this is my highest ranked Sammy album, I think. Maybe? It is. I really like this because I I associate this with the, in quotations, the live right here, right now album. It's a great album. I could do without the soloing that's on it, but I like the songs on it. They do most of that album on that live album. Pound Cake, Judgment Day, Spank That Could Live Without. Uh, Pleasure Dome is really good. Man in a Mission, Dream is Over right now. Top of the World is fantastic. It's it's definitely my favorite Sammy album, and I like it. Yeah, Stephen, this album always tricks me a little bit. Do I like it so much because it's a good album, or do I like it so much that you get the flavor of OU812 out of your mouth? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Stephen, your thoughts? Uh, I never thought about getting the flavor of an album out of my mouth, but anyhow, out of your ears, maybe. Uh, But yeah, no, this is the album that brought me back to Van Halen after I was disgruntled with Sammy Hagar joining the band. I mean, it took me two albums to come back to the fold (laughs) because I was so pissed off that they broke up. So no, I really, really enjoy this record because I think it is a perfect blend of Sammy and Van Halen. Uh, It's a rock record to the core and even the stuff that might be a little bit slower is great. So I love this record. I think it rocks and yeah, I mean, that's why I had it ranked so high. At number seven, we come in with an album that spanned the range from ranked at number all the way to four, all the way down to 11. So BB and Brad from the Slam Fest podcast, Russ Dovin, didn't like this record at all. Where Ryan Spencer Cook, Tommy from Shout It Out Loud cast, and Righty had this thing ranked at number four, Diver Down. So Righty had it at four, Stephen had it at five, I had it at nine. And righty, I had it at nine because when it comes down to it, I never go to this album to listen to Van Halen. I love this album. It came out and me and my buddies picked it up and like the back cover, they they have that show. I think it was the one they opened up for the Stones. I think that what that mm-hmm. picture was from. Yep. I don't mind Van Halen covers. I wish there were a couple less on this one. There's like three instrumentals on here too. I never ever listened to Invader and Pretty Woman. 
you know, that's like uh, the Van Halen version for me of uh, Shook Me All Night Long. It's a non-song for me anymore. But I love, you know, Where Have All the Good Times Gone? Because when we picked this album up, when it first came out, we weren't Kinks fans. I mean, you know, we knew you really got me only from Van Halen. No idea that this was, you know, a, a, a kink song. You know, you got stuff like Hang Em High on there, Secrets. I have no idea why they never released Secrets as a single. I think it would have did fantastic. And there's another song on another album coming up, too, that I think that they really missed the boat on. But stuff like uh, Little Guitars is fantastic. The Full Bug absolutely rocks. And I like that they did Big Bad Bill of Sweet William. Now, some people absolutely hate that song. I look at it this way. Here's a song that you have Edward, Alex, and their dad playing on the same song on a Van Halen album. That is just awesome to me. No guitar solo. What do you, you get a clarinet solo from his from their dad? Just awesome. I think it's a it's a catchy song. I I like it. And and it was funny too. If uh, Sonny, I'm sure you guys probably watched Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. The one scene on there, there's a phonograph in the song Big Bad Bill is playing on that ep- on the one episode where they're at a party. And I'm like, holy crap, that song back from from even from back then. And I've never, you know, I knew it was an older song, but I didn't realize it was that old. This album is fantastic. Yeah, Stephen, I think what's happening here is for both you and Steve, this is coming right as you're getting into Van Halen or a little bit afterwards. For guys like me who saw Van, who got into Van Halen later, this sounds like, meh. Like if this thing was released in 1990, both of you guys would have this thing ranked at number 10. But uh, Stephen, you got it ranked at number five. Yeah, I love this record. And yeah, you're partially right. I mean, this was the first tour I saw, the first concert I saw. But this record is a summertime record that oozes fun. And if you're familiar at all with Van Halen history, this record basically comprises the complete DNA of Van Halen right? They were a cover band first. They were a backyard barbecue band first. They have all these great rock and original songs. So, I mean, this record sort of encompasses all of that. I think it's a fantastic record. I'm a lot like Righty in that when I got this record, I didn't know Where Have All the Good Times Gone was a cover song. I didn't know some of that stuff. Uh, and, and I'm a lot like Righty today. I don't listen to Invader. I don't listen to, uh, or not Invader, Intruder. I don't listen to Intruder. I don't listen to Pretty Woman. So there's some songs that I skip. But overall, this is just a fun record that I enjoy a lot. I love Hang 'em High. I love Full Bug. I love Little Guitars. I love Secrets. I'm with you, Righty. That should have been a big, huge hit. And it wasn't. So, yeah, it's a good record. Yeah, and, and Sonny, I think you hit it perfect on the head. This was the second album that was released since I had become a Van Halen fan. Women's Children First was the first one, and Van Halen Diver Down was was the second one that, that came out. And when you know when we do the ranks, we'll see where um, Women and Children First ended up. But it just caught me right away. This album, it, it just it I I love it. Righty, just gonna skip Fair Warning like that? <laughs> no, we're not. Fair warning came out in between Winneman and Children first and Diver Down. Oh, did oh it did. You know what? You're right. Well, of course. <laughs> okay, so it was the third album that came out since I was a Van Halen fan. And I love this album so much that this podcast that I listened to was doing a, a year-long retrospective of the albums of the discography. And I wanted to do this album really bad, but it just didn't work out. <laughs> Righty, do you even like Van Halen? <laughs> you like Van Halen? Love them. <laughs> All right. So at number six. Again, 
we're all over the place here. So this is the first album where we actually got a couple of folks that ranked at number one, but in the end, it averaged out to number six. So Christopher Williams had this thing nine. That's the lowest we had. Righty had it nine, but both BB and I had it at our number one. And it's very similar, most likely, at least for me, to the story you guys just told. Van Halen, Sammy Joins, and the first thing they release is 5150. I'm coming in right at it. I love Sammy already. I love 1984. I'm like, oh my God, these two are put together. And to me, 5150 is an absolute perfect album. And to me, it's the only Van Halen album that is perfect front to back, my opinion. But both you guys had this in the lower third. Righty had it at nine and Steven had it at eight. I know Steven was just pissed off that his favorite band broke up and hired this blonde hair singer or whatever. But Righty, what's your beef? It's just where it falls for me. Hey, it's my second ranked uh, Sammy album on the list. So I, I do like this album. I really like this album. This came out. I was a senior in high school, but David Lee Roth, Didi and Smile still came out that year. And for me, that blows that away. And I know there will be a lot of people going, oh, what? what are you talking about? But I don't know why it landed where it landed. But I do like the Foreign Lawful Cardinal Knowledge album better. But this is an album that there's there's really there's really no skippers on there. But there's actually personal reason why this album falls less for me. I'll keep that to myself. But but it's a great album. It is a fantastic album. It's just there was some stuff going on at the time it came out, and it reminds me of that. But it's still very good. I like it. I don't hate it though. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not? Good, like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. And Steven, you're just pissed and you're still pissed. No, I mean, listen, first of all, none of Sammy's records were going to beat out any of the first six Van Halen records for me. That just wasn't going to happen. So if you strip away all that, the 5150 record is my second ranked Sammy record, right? Because I ranked the F-U-C-K record ahead of it, correct? Correct. Okay. So the difference in the two records for me, because I've grown to like 5150 quite a bit, the difference are the ballads for me. Like there's a, seems to be a couple of slower moments on 5150 instead of the fuck record. The fuck record feels a little bit more like a rock record. I think there's great stuff on 5150 and I think it's a really good record. I just don't like it as much as the fuck record. Uh, and so that's what it came down to me in the rankings. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At number five. So two people ranked it at number one. Our lowest ranking, again, was Righty and BB. This time, both of them took it down. But Brian Davis from Damn Good Movie Memories and Brad Rustover from Slamfest both had this as their number one album, and that is Women and Children First. Comes in at an average rank of number five. We're a little bit all over the place here. Righty had it at eight. Steven had it at four. I had it at seven. I think it's okay. That's why I had it middle of the road. Righty, a little tough on this record, buddy. Yeah. Could This Be Magic absolutely kills this album for me. Can't stand that song. And there's a couple of songs that just don't resonate with me, but it has some fantastic stuff on there. Fools, probably top five Van Halen song for me. For some reason, I can't get into In a Simple Rhyme, and I can't get into, I don't know for what reason, Romeo Delight. I know people absolutely love and go insane <laughs> for those two songs, but for some reason, they just don't, I don't know, they don't hit me. 
uh, why? Because you got some uh, cigarette butts in here or what? You suck, you jackass. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't know. Those songs just never, I don't know. They never hit me. But like, Take Your Whiskey Home, absolutely love it. Lost Control, awesome. Tora Tora, eh, you know, waste of, uh, you know, tape that they were using at the time. I hate stuff like that. But um, Fools. Could This Be Magic kills me. Fools is cool. I, I wish they cut that all that solo me at the beginning of that. I could do without that too. But once the song kicks in, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, of course, classics in the cradle rock. Everybody wants them, but just those couple songs that don't resonate with me just kind of that's where it, it knocks it down for me. To clarify, so this is coming from a dude who is like, you know, Big Bad Bill is awesome and I love it, but you don't like Could This Be Magic? And Could This Be Magic is basically in the same line of humor. I mean, it's just a, a swampy acoustic guitar. I think Dave's singing is great. I like the song, it feels good. So I don't know why you dislike that song so much and then to not like romeo's delight is literally like i you you don't like van halen so just you know give back your van halen necklace because you're out of the club bud i don't know about you righty you're confusing me well i don't i don't wear jewelry so you can have the van halen necklace (laughs) nice i don't mind a van halen necklace me neither i got one hey listen lucky i wear my wedding ring (laughs) (laughs) i don't always wear it for me Ace is wearing it. Remember those butts you could get from uh, Spencer's? Ace is wearing mm-hmm. my Van Halen necklace. I don't understand. Why Ace is wearing it? <laughs> yeah, why is Ace wearing your Van Halen necklace? Because you can learn something from Eddie. <laughs> don't got to always be sloppy. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I like this record, Roddy. I'm surprised at your feedback. We did this re- record review with, uh, I think, Jay from the Hook Rocks uh, is who ended up doing this record review with us. That's been so long ago. God, that was back in March, I think. All right. So the fourth ranked, which I am very surprised because this was Wrighty's number one album. It was Steven's number two album and it was my number four album. But thanks to BB ranking it at a whopping 10. Oh, my God. Our fourth album is VH2. Wrighty, you need to do something about BB. Dude, when are you when are you going to fire that dude? <laughs> He's killing me. He is killing me. And listen, BB's opinions do not reflect the the total opinions of the Potter the Hell podcast. And if you listen to our podcast, you've heard me recommend rehab for him many, many times. And when we get done recording tonight, maybe I will call him up and request it again. I absolutely love, love, love Van Halen, too. And it's funny, too, because Could This Be Magic absolutely killed women and children first for me. But I hate the song Women in Love even more than I hate Could This Be Magic. But I love this rest of the stuff on the album so much that it puts it at number one for me. I don't know why this is my go-to Van Halen album. And when I spin this on vinyl, I will actually get off of my ass after DOA, move the needle over Women in Love, and put on Beautiful Girls. That's how much I hate that song. But not enough to knock this out of my number one rank. Somebody get me a doctor. Bottoms up. Out of love again. Light up the sky. DOA. Beautiful girls. It's fantastic. It, it's it's not as raw as the first album, obviously. I love it. I, I I don't know how to describe it. This album just like hits me right in that spot that that I want to be in. Hits you in the nutsack. Here's a song. You probably know this one by the beginning. Song's got a beginning where you go, oh yeah. I know that one. Goes like this.
Steven, why do you think is such a BB? You can't even explain him. But Ugh. even LC has it at number seven. Why do? You, obviously, <laughs> there everybody's not all in on VH2. Stephen, why do you think that is? Uh, I think there's a few songs that pull people in different directions. I wouldn't have thought that Woman in Love Love was one of them, but maybe it is. I know Steve really hates that song. I happen to like it. But I think songs like uh, You're No Good, and I think maybe some of the more polished stuff turned people off, which I love. I mean, so Dance the Night Away, Beautiful Girls, songs like that, a little bit more polished. Maybe people don't like that. I happen to like it, so that's why it ranks so high for me. But that would be my only guess, because I, otherwise I don't know why people wouldn't rank Van Halen too higher. Let me ask you guys something. Do you guys consider Van Halen a summer band? Completely. Yes. I do too. And just like kind of sit here, just kind of think of it, thinking of it quick. I hardly ever, ever listen to Van Halen in the winter. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I always think summer when I think Van Halen, I just honestly, and I, I don't consciously throw on Van Halen in the wintertime. It seems like it's always a summer thing. I'll be out on the porch having a couple of beers or just, or not even in the morning sitting out there and I'll throw on Van Halen, but I don't consciously remember throwing them on when it's not nice out. I just wanted to throw that out there. I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that. I've never let a season dictate what I want it to hear. <laughs> I don't let it. It doesn't dictate it to me, but it, it seems like I don't feel like listening to Van Halen when it's not nice out. Well, I could tell you this year we listened to VH3 in a different kind of truth this winter, and I didn't like it this winter either. So you might be on to something. <laughs> Van Halen 3 has no season. <laughs> Season's a wither. <laughs> All right, so getting to our top three, our third ranked, not a single person had it at number one. Several people had it at eight, including Tommy from Shout It Out Loudcast and Jay from The Hook Rocks. Mm. Righty had it at two, Steven had it at six, and I had it at three, and that is 1984. And Righty, I'm just going to say it, I don't think anybody ranked it number one because they think they would be like hung from the... from the rafters, if they <laughs> label this as the number one Van Halen album. Right. You obviously like it. I do. I love this album. This was the first tour that I got to see Van Halen on. And actually, we got to see them with autograph opening before they booted them up because they thought he was doing too much uh, Eddie-like stuff on the guitar. But fantastic album. There really is not a skipper on this album for me. You know, 1984, the instrumental, you know, whatever. But like the deep tracks in this album are fantastic. Top Jimmy, Drop Dead Legs. You know, Girl Gone Bad, House of Pain, but I'll Wait, that's that other song I was talking about that they, I think they totally missed the boat on this song. I'm pretty sure they released that as a single, but they didn't capitalize on it, man. If they did a video for this, if they threw this out like after Hot for Teacher or Panama, it's that one that kind of melds the, you know, the, the partying guys together and then gets the girls in there too with, with the ballad song. I think they totally dropped the ball on I'll Wait, but fantastic album panama actually a friend of mine is in the panama video which is very cool and uh it's just it's a fun album it's sentimental for me first time i got to see them live it's it, it's fantastic steven i'm surprised it was number six out of the six pack i'm really really surprised so i don't necessarily think 1984 is as good as everybody thinks it is i understand the success it had diamond certified i get it I really get it. And it's got some great stuff on it. Don't get me wrong. But for me, as a Van Halen purist, when 1984 came out, 
and Jump was the first song, what do you think my reaction was? Probably not that great, right? What the? Exactly. That's the first thing. There's definitely, definitely a little bit of fatigue going on with this record with the main songs. So I just don't love this record. It's not a go-to record for me. I like the deeper tracks like Steve mentioned, Girl Gone Bad and House of Pain and stuff like that. That's cool because you don't hear it as often. But Panama and I'll Wait and Hot, even Hot for Teacher, as much as I love the song, love the video, love the song, awesome song, but I don't know that I need to keep hearing it. And so I would just gravitate more to other Van Halen records before I did 1984. So that's why it fell to number six for me on that six pack. Yeah, I don't know if I can agree with a Hot for Teacher. I think I can listen to Hot for Teacher every day the rest of my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you cannot separate the video from the song. That's right. You hear that song, the video is right there. Yep. Yeah, Hot for Teacher might have been a little bit uh, of an excessive example, but more jumping and uh, I'll wait and stuff like that, more so than Hot for Teacher. I didn't mind when Jump came out. I was like, okay, I like it. It's catchy. You notice in the video, after the solo, Dave gives a, oh, that it's not on the album. Who cares? <laughs> Sonny, track six, okay? Uh, <laughs> track six. God. <laughs> All right, so coming in at number two, this album, 45% of everybody who filled out the survey had it at number one, and it still landed at number two because the other 55% had it middle of the road. The three of us were all over the place here. We're talking about fair warning. Brighty had it at five. I had it at six, and Steven had it at number one. Brighty, like half these people are ranking this number one. Are you wrong here? I don't think so. Love the album. There's no... Van Halen album with David Lee Roth that I hate. I'll just throw that out there right now. I'm not sure why this fell where it did, but I don't know if it's, I, I really can't explain it. I love this album. There's only one skipper on here for me. Of course, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon in the park, just absolute waste of another way, two minutes of waste of tape, but fantastic album. And, and honestly, I have no explanation of how it landed at number five for me, but Look at the songs that are on there. I, I could kind of live without Push Comes to Shove. I might, I may get lynched for that one. Hear about it later. I'm kind of a little meh on myself as well. So I think th- maybe those two songs, well, actually those three songs, Sunday Afternoon in the Park, Push Comes to Shove, and Hear About It Later, maybe those are the ones that kind of bring it down for me down to number five because there's other albums that I have above it that I don't really have that many songs that I don't care for too much on there. But the songs that I love on there, I absolutely love Mean Street, Dirty, Dirty Movies, Sinner Swing. I think Sinner Swing was the first song that I ever heard anybody say fucking ever. So, I mean, you know, of course, for me as a, you know, someone that uses that word probably 80 times a day easily. That's not a day when I'm by myself. It's great. I, the stuff that's on there is really great that I love. Remember the videos back in the day where they would show them from the Oakland show, from the Fair Warning Tour. They, they would show So This Is Love. They would show Unchained. I think Hear About It Later was the other song that they showed from there, actually, as well. But every time I hear those songs, I have that in my mind that, man, remember, guys, remember that stage for the Fair Warning Tour with all the, the speakers and the, the background and stuff? And the, and I think it's the Hear About It Later video, actually, where Alex lights the, the round thing on the gong on fire and is smashing the gong. Very cool. You know, first time you ever got to see Van Halen do anything live. But um, it's just, I think it's those songs that 
that I don't really care for as much as the other ones that kind of knocked it down a little bit for me. But I absolutely love the album. It's fantastic. Yeah, Stephen, I think we got the tale of two cities here, right? Because I, I equate Van Halen to summer and fun. And this album is not fun to me. There's some songs on there that I absolutely love. Don't get me wrong. But overall, I think what you got is half the people are maybe musicians and they absolutely love this song because it's a musician's album. And the other half are kind of middle of the road on it because it's not all fun. You think that might be right, Stephen? That's 100% correct. It's definitely a dark album for them, uh, especially, like you said, their party band, their summer band, and the majority of their fans were party summer people. So I think that you're dead on point with that. For me, it was a summer album because a buddy of mine got this record when it came out, which was right before the summer started. And I spent the majority of the summer over at his house. And I remember him dropping the needle. And for me, the first four songs on that record are just arguably (laughs) the best sounding rock songs ever. I mean, it's just so strong for me. And then you get to what's probably my favorite Van Halen song of all time, Unchained. And yes, it does have some crap on there, like the Sunday afternoon in the park. But It's just got so many strong songs on it, and it sounds so good. Eddie's guitar sounds so freaking awesome on this record, and that's why it was ranked at number one for me. Now, over the course of this year, we've had on several guests at different periods of time, Jeff Scott Soto and Rick Rule from Every Mother's Nightmare. I had the opportunity to ask them what their favorite Van Halen record was in the course of our interviews, and here's what they had to say. What's your favorite Van Halen record out of all of them? By far, Fair Warning. Fair Warning is, that's the one for me. It's mainly because by the time they got to that record, they were the unstoppable beast that was Van Halen. I love all the records for whatever reason. Obviously, the first one was the one that started it all. But I feel Fair Warning is the one that kind of rounds it all up. They had the best of what they did on the first album, and they had the best of what they were about to do in the future on that record. That was the, I think that was the first tour I saw with David Lee Roth as well. I saw them on that one. So you mentioned uh, Eddie Van Halen passing away. Were you a big Edward Van Halen fan and a big Van Halen fan yourself? Oh, yeah, man. You know, um, like when I was growing up, you had to, you know, you'd hear about bands like these guys. And then you'd you'd have to go down to the local record store and dig through the boxes and and find it. And then you really wasn't still wasn't for sure because you haven't heard it, you know, and then you uh, you get it home and then. uh you're happy with your purchase. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, Eddie Van, you know, the whole band, you know, they kind of, you know, there's a ever so many years, I don't know how many it is, but, you know, there's a, what's the word, a pivotal band that comes through and, and changes this and that. Eddie Eddie Van, you know, David Lee uh, wasn't a, no virtuoso singer, but he had style and he was uh, he was his own thing. And and Eddie Van Halen was just incredible, man. A big fan. Uh, I've always been a guitar player, but yeah, man, them uh, 
we listened to those old Van Halen records the other night, man. And just, you know, the first couple of records was, you know, back in the day, we thought they were heavy rock records, but them tones were pretty clean. But the playing was, you know, spectacular. The guitar player was, you can't even say nothing. The dude was just uh, talented. <laughs> Did you happen to have a favorite Van Halen record? Well, I liked them as they came out. <laughs> that was my favorite one. But I have to say, when Fair Warning came out, <laughs> was probably uh, that point of Van Halen. I think that was their, to me, it was their, their pinnacle of their live show and, and what they were. And so that would have to be it, you know. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. So you can hear from both Jeff and Rick, their favorite album was the Fair Warning record. So maybe it's an age thing where we're all kind of that age. And that was our first introduction to Van Halen because it was kind of my first introduction to Van Halen. I don't know. Yeah. You mean you mean old, right? Yeah, old. Yeah. Yeah, we're all old. The prior generation. <laughs> yeah. And we had Christopher Williams on this episode, and he did a fantastic job. And as you see, he ranked it number one as well for him. That's right. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right, so our clear number one, where it all started, it averaged out to number one. But there was actually only two people that had the album ranked number one. Ryan Spencer Cook and the curmudgeon of all curmudgeons, Tony, had Van Halen 1 ranked at number one. Everybody else had it at least in their top five. Most had it in their top three, except for fucking BB had it number five. The best Van Halen record out there by most, and he has it at number five. Ugh. You got to do something about him. I'm trying. But Righty, you had it at three. Steven had it at three. I had it at two. You know, there's just one or two songs I don't go to when it comes to Van Halen one, and I'm a Sammy guy, so I was going to have a Sammy record number one. Uh, it's a great record. Righty, there's not much to complain about. You had it at three. It's not bad. No, no, it's it was absolutely my introduction to Van Halen, and uh, you know I still remember. Literally, I could I take myself back there right now, sitting in my buddy's basement, and him coming down and saying, "Hey, listen, we got check this out," and and it was only one of those little crappy record players, and with this you know with the the speaker built in, but of course you know we had a bunch of speakers hooked up to it and stuff, so it still sounded like shit. But and he dropped that needle, and you get that. Whoa, 
this was one of my very first departures from Kiss because we were all about Kiss then. I'm going to say this was probably around 1979. So I know I know Van Halen 2 was out then, but I don't think that Women and Children First was out yet. It may have just been out so like late 79, early 80. And like a lot of people will say, that was a, a, a life changing experience listening to that first. It was the you know, it pulled me away from my band from Kiss. It's a fantastic album. There's nothing that is skippable on here for me. And I think it just fell on number three for me, just fatigue factor, because you hear a lot of stuff on here. Jamie's crying. I'm not a huge fan of. I could absolutely live without that song. And the deep tracks on this album are just absolutely fantastic on Fire Ice Cream Man, Atomic Punk. Absolutely love that. You know, for years and years and years and had no idea what the hell that string scratching was on there no idea what the hell that was but it was cool you know but there's really i think that's really the only reason that that fell to number three for me van halen 2 as we said before was my number one but there's more go-to songs for me on van halen 2 than there are on van halen 1 and steven you had it also at number three i'm surprised i was honestly surprised that this was not your top record but uh number three is not bad so for me, it's a little bit of fatigue factor, but also look at the two people that ranked it. Number one, Ryan Spencer, Cook, guitar player, Tony, my ball headed brother from another mother, guitar player. So both of them ranked it. Number one, this album, if it is the first Van Halen record you heard and you're a guitar player, there's no way that this record's going to rank anything but number one for you. But for me, I'm not a guitar player. For me, it wasn't the first Van Halen record that I heard. Fair warning was. So that's probably the difference. I think it's an amazing album. Don't get me wrong. I don't love Little Dreamer, but I like everything else on it. And there's just a little bit of the fatigue factor, like I said. So that's why number three for me. So all in all, it was a great year. And we you know, got to talk about every Van Halen album to its core, basically. It's probably the first time in my life where I've actually listened to all 12 Van Halen albums with a, well, first of all, an ear of a 52-year-old, or ears, I guess I should say ear, because I'm deaf in one, but, you know, actually trying to come up with things that I like and don't like about the songs versus just enjoying them for what they are, and that made it a different listen for me. Stephen, did you feel the same way? I did. I love this. I think it was a fitting tribute to Eddie Van Halen. It was the best way I knew how to pay my respects to the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And uh, it was just a fun time. It was fun having the individual guest on for each episode. You know, I want to take the time out to thank everybody that was on the episode. I hope I can remember everybody. But uh, let's see. We had Ryan Cook, who did the first Van Halen record. We had Jay Scott, who did Women and Children First. We had our friend from the Shout Out Loudcast, Tom, who did uh, Van Halen 2. Christopher Williams from Accept, who did Fair Warning. Greg Renoff did Diver Down. BB did 5150. Our friend L.C. Cannon. Loose Cannon from Cobras and Fire did OU812. If you haven't heard that episode, go check it out. It's an interesting listen. Eric Miller did Van Halen 3. Brad Rustoven did Balance. Our friend Tony Masalem did uh, The Fuck Record. Brian Davis did 1984. Phil Schaus did A Different Kind of Truth. And Steve Wright is helping us finish it all out with this album ranking. So thank you to each and every one of you guys for participating in this. It was great fun. 
In fact, it was so much fun. Sonny and I have been discussing on possibly doing something for a different band in 2022. So stay tuned for that. We may do something similar with another band. And before we wrap it up, you know, we always got to connect it to KISS. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, KISS! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So we're going to take another shot at the Jokers. It all started in 1978 with Van Halen. Figured we'd pick a uh, Kiss song that got released in 1978, went to the solo albums, and pulled a Paul Stanley classic. So here's for the Jokers. It's all right.
it is all right. It's going to be all right, baby. Paul Stanley, 78. What a classic record that is. I used to hate it, and then Sonny got me into it, that bastard. <laughs> Almost. Brady, you're a, fan. you're a fan of the Stanley album, right? Almost the perfect album. If it wasn't for Hold Me, Touch Me, that album would be probably my favorite Kiss album of all time. That I just, uh, I, I seriously want to run into traffic when that song comes on. <laughs> but it's all right. Fantastic song. I think it would have been cool when Paul did his, uh, you know, his solo tour. If he played the whole album, that would be cool. I mean, obviously, of course, minus Home and Touch Me. But that would have been really cool to see him do that in its entirety. I think that would have been fantastic. He had the band to do it because the songs that he did from that album were fantastic. And I think it would have been cool to see that. Yeah, I've always enjoyed Paul's uh, solo album. If it wasn't, no, actually, you know what? I love Paul's solo album. I don't have a problem with Hold Me, Touch Me at all. And I think Ace's album's good, too. I got a problem with Fractured Mirror more than I have a problem with Hold Me, Touch Me. But, uh, yeah, I love Asylum. But if we were counting the solo albums in it, I think I'd almost rank Paul's album over Asylum, too. It would be up there for me. It would definitely be probably top 10 if you included solo albums in the in like a Kiss album ranking for me. It would definitely be my top 10. Righty, why do you let certain songs make you so violently ill? They just do. <laughs> I don't he know. He always <laughs> wants to run into traffic for some reason. I, I, I do. I do. <laughs> I wanted to shoot myself for women in love. Maybe, maybe it's because of my job. I want to give my buddy something to do. I needed to hang myself when I heard this song. <laughs> God, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that passionate about it, my friend. I see that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just certain stuff I'm like, like, why? Like, when he did that song, then he listened to the rest of the songs that he recorded. Like, come on, dude. Like, seriously, if that was a nine-song album, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Well, actually, for me, it is. And that's another one. I will literally get up off the chair and move that needle over to the next song if I'm listening to that album on vinyl. Wow. You need to listen to it when, mm-hmm. you know, you and Corey are in the mood and maybe you change your thought process to that song no no because she she would be like what what the hell is this this sucks you need to order yourself some stress medicine <laughs> she needs to drink more i don't know how she doesn't be married to me <laughs> uh, maybe she's hiding it well <laughs> that could be <laughs> righty thanks for joining us on this episode even if it is a consolation prize it is the final episode of the year and it is the final episode of the van halen series so that's got to account for something it does absolutely guys happy new year happy new year to your listeners and um thanks for having me on i appreciate it and actually like i said before it worked out better because now i got to talk about all the van halen albums with you guys and always a pleasure coming on growing up rock with you guys and i know you guys have been on our podcast many times and sonny we know you guys you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was easier to have Righty on this because if it was Diver Down, I'd be like, Righty, you're wrong. That song sucks. Righty, you're wrong. That song sucks too. And, I, and I'd be texting you on the side, flipping you off and everything. So this worked out better. Yeah, it was good. Once again, thanks to everybody that participated this entire year, man. It's crazy when you think back. We started this thing in January at the beginning of the year. It's been a full year, one episode a month and it worked out perfectly probably the hardest part was really just coordinating an individual person guest for each episode but we were able to record them ahead of time and sort of bank them and then just release them at the end of each month and it's fantastic and if you guys are just catching this episode and you haven't checked out any of the album ranking episodes i i would encourage you to go back because they're definitely fun 
uh, to listen to. We had some great guests with some great comments. Loose Cannon, man. <laughs> OU812 is a concept record, so that's an interesting episode. And then the whole conversation with Eric Miller and Ryan Spencer Cook got us all started on uh, Van Halen 1 in January, and his episode was awesome. So just fun time. I appreciate everybody's uh, effort on this uh, project. Yeah, it's been a great time with these Van Halen albums. I, I also want to thank all of our guests and all of our listeners for getting involved and uh, really helping us get this thing together. Like Stephen mentioned, we're tossing around a couple of bands that we might want to do this uh, with in 2022. Uh, we will see. That's it. Well, Sonny, you got anything else to add? Nope. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. Later. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. I journeyed to the north near what the preacher said. He said, Now I'm strong to box with God. Learn these words instead. Gold tooth reflecting. My advice is free. There's a trick to Christian values, and it's compulsory. Stay frosty. That's what the preacher man said. Stay frosty. His words still bracket in my head. Can't control your future. Can't control your friends in a world without end. Stay frosty. Hey, yeah. Stay frosty now. Heavy with the sands of time, he made me see. Same as Kabbalah did, but few it's free. God guides us on our journey, but careful with those feet. Stay frosty in a world without him. Stay frosty, like that ancient immortal said. Don't want him to get you go. Don't show him where it's hit. That's just what I did. Stay frosty. Woo! Look out! Stay frosty now. Use my hand. I won't look. Frostiness, stay frostiest the most. And my brand new landlord proposed me a toast. <laughs> my West Coast toast. Stay frosty. Chanting like a mantra. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 